Hi everyone, my name is Poonam Goyal, Senior E-Commerce and Retail Analyst at Bloomberg Intelligence. I am very excited to welcome you to another episode of Bloomberg Intelligence Tech Disruptors podcast. Our guest today is Jennifer Hyman, CEO and co-founder of Rent the Runway. I will be talking to Jennifer about the evolving tech, retail, and e-commerce landscape. So without any delay, let's give the floor to Jennifer for a history and background of Rent the Runway and herself, how it started, and how it truly is a closet in the cloud. Jennifer, welcome. Can you give us a background of yourself and then also the company and how it's disrupting the way women wardrobe today? Sure. Well, that is a multi-part question. I think the background on me is that I have been building Rent the Runway for the past 13 and a half years. I had the idea for the company during the last recession in 2008 when I was just 27 years old. And really, it was born out of a personal experience where my sister had gone to a fancy department store, bought a dress for a wedding that she knew she was only going to wear once. That dress put her into credit card debt. And I was kind of begging her to return the dress. And she said she couldn't because her closet was dead to her. She'd been photographed and everything. The photos were up on social media and she needed to wear something new. And really the light bulb for me was being able to offer women the ability to access fashion, to be able to wear it, you know, once or twice and then not have to own it forever because what they wanted was the experience of walking into a room and feeling self-confident. And that was really coupled with the fact that, you know, 2008 was a time like today where we were all thinking about smarter ways to spend our money. And we know that the closet in general is, for the most part, filled with a lot of waste. You know, it's filled with things that we've purchased in the past that we've worn just a few times before either pushing to the back of our closet or throwing away. And that that kind of act of, you know, fashion that's very low utilized really fueled by the growth in the fast fashion industry and the growth in kind of low price fashion is what we're directly trying to compete with at Rent the Runway. We're trying to say, if you want variety, if you want to wear a new outfit every day, but you know you're not actually going to wear that outfit forever, you should be renting the runway or you should be subscribing to Rent the Runway. And that makes perfect sense. Apparel and accessories are a massive category taking in $350 plus billion in the U.S. alone. Talk to us a little about how you think rental will take place in this growing category. What percent of the woman's closet do you think will be occupied in some way by either rental or resale? So I think that the best way to start thinking about fashion is to focus on so many other categories in our life in which we consume. And if you think about, you know, most other categories in our life, whether it's entertainment or music or transportation, you know, these are categories where the customer is given a choice. She's given a choice as to whether she wants to own something forever, whether she needs it for a longer period of time, essentially a lease, or whether she needs it for kind of that final mile. She needs it for a shorter period of time. 
you know, in transportation, as an example, not every trip that you take from point A to point B has to be with an owned car. You have an option to lease a car, to zip car, to take an Uber, to actually, you know, use other forms of transportation, to walk. Like it would actually be crazy if we made the assumption that every single trip you took, you had to actually like have a car that you owned in order to take it. And interestingly, that is how the fashion industry has operated before the last 10 years. Every single thing that we wear has to be something that we have purchased with the idea that we're going to own that thing forever. And we know that while there are, you know, items that we do want to buy, invest in, and wear with great frequency, we see just based on consumer behavior that over 50% of the closet, we want to wear with very low frequency. So in terms of what percentage of the closet do I think that rental and resale have an opportunity for, I think it's the majority of the closet. I think it's everything that you don't need to use for many years to come. So now the difference between resale and rental is that rental is really about that final mile. It's about that awesome dress or that really trendy top that you want to wear once or twice. You want a new kind of fall jacket. You want to keep it for a month and then return it. Whereas resale is more of a leasing option where you might want that new handbag for a year and then you might want to resell it and kind of buy another handbag. So I think that both of those options, it's about length of time that you find utility with the object. I think both of those, you know, two kind of modalities of consumption are super valid and in fact quite complementary. Yeah, I would agree with you on that. You know, the consumers today, even if they want to buy more, they might not be able to. So we have to talk about inflation. It's currently top of mind, and we don't see any signs of it ab- abating anytime soon. And there's a perception out there that, and we think so too, that there may be a consumer slowdown coming at some point, even later this year. So if that happens, and when it's happened in the past, discretionary spending has pulled back. How does Rent the Runway play in a situation where the economy could slow and spending could slow? Well, when you look back at the past few recessions, what's been really fascinating is that the number of units purchased per year of apparel has actually stayed relatively flat throughout those recessions. So we buy an insane amount of apparel per year in the U.S., 65 articles of clothing per year. And we buy that in great economic times and in recessionary economic times. What changes in a recession is we tend to trade down to lower priced options. So in the last recession in 2008, we traded down to off price retail like TJ Maxx, Ross Store, Burlington, or we traded down to kind of a new what was a new industry at that time, which was really kind of the off-price world. And of course, you trade down into fast fashion because fast fashion is where you're able to get high quantity of units at low prices. So what I am encouraged by is that Rent the Runway is offering designer clothing at a fast fashion price point, which is often even more competitive to other low-priced fashion out there. So as an example, Let's say you get invited to a wedding 
and you want to wear something new to that wedding, you have an option of going to TJ Maxx and buying a dress at TJ Maxx for what would be 70% off the retail price. Or you can come to Rent the Runway and rent a dress for 90% off the retail price and get it in two sizes, have it shipped directly to you, know that it's more sustainable, know that you don't have to dry clean it afterwards because we're going to take care of that for you. So we think that we can compete on value with the, the top retailers out there. And as you look at value, you're clearly buying inventory today. You're also having to ship that inventory to the customer's house and back. So there's been a lot of discussion around margins and how you can really increase margin with these growing costs of bringing items to the customer and back over and over again. Can you talk about some levers that you can pull to drive margins higher? I know you've highlighted a path to profitability, but share with us that path and your confidence in achieving it. So first, I actually just want to go back to this piece on value for a moment, because I think that value is both about saving money, which we clearly help the consumer do, but value is also about saving time. I think it is very clear that younger consumers and even older consumers at this point don't want to waste their time shopping in physical retail stores. They want an experience when they go online that's highly curated and personalized to them based on their fit preferences, their style preferences. And Rent the Runway kind of is able to achieve that value equation both for time and for money. And I think that that is what we're really investing in at Rent the Runway. We're investing in marketing the value and we're investing in in continuously improving the experience so that it's even easier to use Rent the Runway. As it relates to our pathway to profitability and margins specifically, one of the main things that we're doing is we are adding a significant amount of automation and technology into our facilities in order to improve our fulfillment profit over time, which directly improves our gross margins. And because we've built all of our technology and kind of reverse logistics processes from scratch, as we've been growing, the more scale we add into these facilities, the higher the fulfillment profit becomes and the more we're able to, to increase our margins there. Another thing we're doing is we're highly focused on, you know, our free cash flow margin, first and foremost. Like we have a goal to drive the business to free cash flow profitability with the cash that we have. And we shared that within the next two to four quarters, we expect to be able to cover all of our operating expenses. And after we cover our operating expenses, the only real expense that we have at that point beyond debt service is the cost of our inventory. So what we've been doing over the last few years is dramatically transforming how we acquire inventory. So prior to 2019, we acquired all of our inventory from the 800 brands that we work with via wholesale, meaning we bought it from those brands at wholesale prices, you know, about 40% of retail price, and we'd get some discount to wholesale price based on our scale. But as the business was growing, we'd have to lay out a lot of that cash up front. Today, 
we acquire 60% of our inventory from non-wholesale channels. So a third of our inventory we acquire on consignment from our brand partners, where we receive it at either nothing or very little upfront, and then we revenue share on the success of that inventory, which not only alleviates the cash need of buying that inventory, but it removes all the inventory risk associated with with it, which is another thing that is fantastic given a fashion business in a sense always has some element of inventory risk. And then the second major channel is where we're now using the data that we have to collaborate with our designer brands to manufacture inventory. And that inventory we manufacture, we call exclusive designs, is 50% of the cost of wholesale. So we've been able to dramatically change the percentage of revenue we spend on inventory in 2021 that percentage of revenue we spend on uh, spend on inventory was just 26 percent when you compare that to a traditional retailer a traditional retailer is spending upwards of 50 percent of their revenue on on their inventory so we think we're in a competitively advantageous position to drive the business to free cash flow profitability and that we've made some smart choices in terms of, you know, how we bring the right product onto our platform in the most economical way. So I want to dig a little deeper into what you said right now and on inventory, because I do think that's one of the main pillars of driving costs down when you buy the, this inventory or you share it. If you think about your business three to five years down the line, what do you think it'll look like? One third of what you bought right now is in wholesale. And as you go forward, do you think that the majority of the business beyond what it is today will be exclusive or share designs? Today, already the majority of the business is in share by RTR and exclusive designs. It's 60% of the product we've acquired in 2022. Understood. So 60% of the business is exclusive designs and rent the runway share but there's value to having the wholesale business and the need to keep it. Can you talk about why wholesale is so important to keep and what the benefits of being in wholesale are today? At this point, we believe the mix of all three is actually the best thing for Rent the Runway strategically because it is to our advantage to own as much inventory as we can because we do such a great job at monetizing that inventory. And owned inventory gives us the ability to own the full upside associated with it. So we shared on one of our last earnings calls that between 2020 and 2021, we'd actually improved our product deactivation rate by 30%, meaning that our units are lasting longer. And as they last longer and they monetize more, In a consignment model, we're sharing revenue on that. In an owned model, we're capturing all of the upside. That makes a lot of sense. So if you can just talk to our listeners maybe about how many times you can actually turn your inventory and why that makes it so much more advantageous to sometimes own the inventory. We shared in our S1 that all of our historical cohorts of inventory had turned at minimum 20 times per unit while still remaining in like new condition. But we also shared that 
we had made a decision during COVID because revenue went down so precipitously to sell more units than we otherwise would have earlier in, in the, the unit cycle. Meaning that that 20 turns was a direct result of the fact that in 2020, we weren't making as much money from rental or for some, for some, we weren't making as much money from rental or subscription. So we shifted a little bit into the resale business. So it's meant to say that we believe that the 20 turns was a product of what happened during, you know, 2018, 2019, 2020, and that it's a fair assumption to assume that we actually turn units on average more than that. That's fair. And I want to go back to what you were talking about earlier. When you talked about making technology improvements in the warehouse, we actually just visited your Secaucus facility, and we want to understand how the pandemic helped you bring forward changes at a faster pace and really position your business to grow your subscriber base to double from where we are today. We used the pandemic after securing the capital that we needed to survive because revenue declined so much in a shelter-at-home environment. Rent the Runway is really a service that is built upon people leaving their homes and wanting to get dressed for work and for special events and for time with their friends. And none of those things were happening during COVID. So after securing the financial runway we needed, we focused on making strategic changes to the business that would enable us to emerge stronger financially and strategically. So one of the opportunities we had was that we had very little volume going through our facilities over COVID. And what that enabled us to do is it enabled us to transform our reverse logistics processes during that period of time, utilize the space in our facilities differently. We also were able to bring in a significant amount of automation and even more technology and data into our facilities. And that's resulted in our non-transportation expenses declining 30% year over year. It's also resulted in the throughput of the facilities increasing tremendously. So we're able to now grow in the facilities that we're currently in today to 4x what the subscriber count was at the end of 2021. So we will not have to invest further in warehousing until we are significantly past free cash flow profitability. And that's really due to the innovation that we did in 2020 and in 2021. So it was really turning lemons into lemonade. Yes, that facility was truly impressive. So great work there. Let's shift gears a little and talk about the consumer. It's very expensive for young brands to attract new shoppers, especially with growing customer acquisition costs. So when I talk to other retailers and brands, it is one of their highest expense line items on their P&L. Perhaps talk about Rent the Runway and how acquisition costs have affected your business. Are they a big headwind for Rent the Runway? And do you think you will need to invest more significantly to acquire new customers, especially if we enter a slowdown? Rent the Runway is a business that has always grown based on the power of our customer experience. And the power of that customer experience is really what inspires in 
incredible word of mouth and virality. So to this day, 12 years after we launched Rent the Runway, we have still 80% of our customers coming to us via word of mouth. And if you think about why that is, part of it is because the very product becomes the marketing. When people rent the runway, they have the freedom to wear whatever they want. So no one comes to rent the runway to rent a little black dress because you already have that in your closet. You already own that. So you come to rent the runway to rent the gold sequin dress or the standout red knockout dress or the crazy printed top or the amazing, you know, unitard ski outfit that everyone's going to notice on the slopes. And because you're renting bolder, more colorful pieces from us, they, those pieces inspire conversations both in real life as well as on social media. Your friends notice when you show up to the wedding in that gold sequin dress and they say, you look so great. Where did you get that? You look different. And our customers tend to share that they've rented the runway. So our average customer brings in about 10 new customers into our business. So as a business, philosophically, we do not believe that paid marketing is the way that we will, you know, continue to grow. I think it's a component to growth, but the major component to our growth is continuous investment in our customer experience in making it even more delightful and even easier to use Rent the Runway so that she decides to use us even more days of the year. We shared that our average subscribers use Rent the Runway about 80 days of the year. And we also shared that we have about 30% of our subscribers who choose to add more items into their subscription plans that they pay for. So what they're effectively doing is they're saying, I want to use this even more days of the month. And the more kind of loyal those customers are, the more they use us, the more opportunities they have to share Rent the Runway with their colleagues, their friends, and their family members. So that's kind of how we think about growth. As a result of that, of course, while for the, the, for the paid marketing dollars that we do spend, and we spend about 10% of our revenue on marketing, we've been subject to the same increases that some others have been subject to. However, we benefit from the fact that we have a very large you know, first-party database, the fact that we don't have to do a huge amount of retargeting, the fact that when we acquire a customer, she tends to be quite loyal and come back to the business organically because we're offering her a service that really doesn't have much competition. So we still have a very quick payback period on customers. We monetize our customers over many years and the customer economics of the business as a result of that are one of the most attractive components to our business financially. So that brings me to who is Rent the Runway's customer? It was maybe my misconception or view that it was the customer that lived in New York City or some other big metropolitan city, LA or wherever. But it's actually broader. So tell us who that customer is and will that customer be largely the same as you grow the business? What can you improve in the customer experience journey through the feedback that you've received from these shoppers? So from a geographic standpoint, our customer really does live everywhere. She lives all over the country. 
she lives in urban cities and suburbs and even in rural, rural areas. When you think about why that is, it's that we offer a product that is applicable to almost everyone. If you're able to rent a dress for 90% off the retail price and receive the second size for free, that's applicable to someone in Little Rock, Arkansas, who's going to her prom. It's also applicable to a New York City, you know, socialite in her 50s who's going to a gala and everyone in between. So we, we tend to serve a wide subsection of the population. And we've had millions of customers that run the runway of many ages, many geographies, many economic classes that utilize our reserve business, which is our business where you rent a la carte for special occasions. Our subscription business is also quite geographically diverse but it is certainly not as diverse as a, when it comes to household income. So about 80% of our subscribers have household incomes of 100K per year or more. And those subscribers are, the majority of them are subscribing to a program that costs them $144 a month, where they receive eight designer pieces from us and the pieces tend to have a retail value of about $4,000 per month. So they're getting 20x the GMV value for her spend. What we found is that over the last few years, we started offering multiple price points of our subscription. And we've seen that as a result of that. So for instance, we have a sub $100 a month subscription plan now. And that has certainly broadened the household income demographics of our subscribers. We find as well that the more use cases we offer on our platform. So now that she can rent for casual occasions and formal occasions, you also find even more diversity in who that customer is. So while we definitely have a wealthier subscriber base than we have total customer base, I would say that there's a massive amount of opportunity to continue to grow because this product just makes so much sense financially from a time-saving standpoint, from a sustainability standpoint, and it gives women access to the real designer product that they love. And I guess following up on that, can you talk about the assortment? Run the Runway clearly is a place where women can wardrobe, but are there brands or assortments that customers would love to see on Run the Runway that maybe aren't there today, but maybe will be tomorrow? And what can you do with brands to have them lean more into this business model? So it can broaden their awareness too. And also, how do you feel about the quality of the merchandise they have based on your data learnings from your shoppers? Well, we're very pleased with the 800 plus designer partners that we have on our platform. We have really unique relationships with them. We're really the only partner they work with that serves this young, educated, upwardly mobile customer. So we have become, for the brands that we work with, a very important customer acquisition engine. Because if you think about the rest of the partners they work with, the rest of those partners tend to serve an older luxury customer. So whether they're working with Net-A-Porter or Farfetch or Matches or My Teresa, Nordstrom, Saks, all of those businesses compete essentially for the same customer. Rent the Runways customer on average is about 20 years younger than 
those other retailers. Our customer is trying brands for the first time. She's educated. She's busy. She is who these brands need to grow in the future. So one of the, you mentioned before, you know, marketing costs are going up and that is really true. And it's also part of the reason why our brands invest so deeply into their partnerships with Run the Runway because their marketing costs are going up. It's really hard for them to build their own direct consumer businesses because the cost of buying ads on Facebook or on Google have skyrocketed. So they're really reliant on Rent the Runway to be providing these first experiences to women in their teens, 20s, 30s, and 40s with that brand. And we've found that we've become this critically important experiential retail channel for all of our brands, where now that physical retail stores are closing, where you're no longer going to have a young woman, woman go into a store, strip naked, try on clothing and figure out what she likes. She's actually trying on those clothes and wearing them in her real life via Rent the Runway and falling in love with brands. So 98% of our customers are trying brands they've never owned before every single time they come to Rent the Runway. And 80% of our customers end up purchasing from the brands they discover on our platform. So we really are a very important kind of conversion engine for our brand partners. And I think that this relationship that we have, which is kind of win-win for our brand partners and for our customers, I think affords us the opportunity to go into different kinds of categories in the future that we're not in today. So you could see us in the future getting into ultra luxury, getting into categories that we tested in 2019, like home goods and kids clothes. You could see us getting into tech gadgets and health and wellness and any product that you might want to use for a shorter period of time or you might need to try before you buy. That too makes perfect sense. And I know, you know, all the brands are trying to get that younger shopper and you have that appeal, but the younger shopper cares more about sustainability today, that's what we read at least, than about price. So do they really care about sustainability? Does it really matter? And how does your business play into it? How do you get the message across that renting is more sustainable than buying? And how do you show them that value? So we certainly use the communication channels we have with our customers to point out, point out to them not only the amount of money they're saving by renting the runway, but also the environmental savings of making this choice. Because every time they choose to rent as opposed to buy something new, they're saving water, they're saving power, they're, they're making, they're saving emissions. Because 70% of the negative emissions in the fashion industry comes from the production of new clothing. So basically, the more you utilize the clothes that you either already own in your closet or the clothes you kind of own via your shared access to rent the runways closet in the cloud, the, the more you lessen the environmental footprint of your actions. So we, we try to point that out to the consumer. And I think that there's way more that we could be doing because Rent the Runway is really a far more sustainable option than buying clothes new. That being said, I think that there's this really interesting tension in that 
the consumer says that she cares about sustainability. But we've seen that the biggest winner in the fashion space over the last three to five years has been Shein, which is a fast fashion business that has even disrupted the old fast fashion guard. It's disrupted H&M. It's disrupted Zara. It is clearly an unsustainable business as people are consuming from Shein and then throwing the things away. Shein uses, is said to have kind of poor manufacturing practices that are not sustainable, that may also be unethical in some ways, but it's still become a hundred billion dollar business essentially overnight. So I think that we do have to kind of as as a consumer, I think we need to put our money where our mouth is. I think we need to spend based on our values. And there are a lot of ways to spend in fashion right now, which is more sustainable. One is via, you know, the whole secondhand economy, the circular economy is more sustainable. So shopping with Rent the Runway or ThreadUp or Poshmark or The Real Real is a better choice than buying something new that you're only going to wear once or twice. And the other way to be more sustainable in fashion is to ensure that you're consuming more sustainable materials. But that's how you think about it from a consumer. From a business leadership standpoint, it's, it's challenging because we continue to invest in sustainability, but the consumer is kind of showing us that what she says is different than what she does. That's actually really interesting and absolutely right about Sheen. We see a lot of young shoppers going there, especially school-aged kids. So I think it's about educating them and really having them understand how important it is to make sustainable choices too. But that said, since we're coming to a close on our conversation, I wanted to perhaps ask you one last question. If you had the magic eight ball and looked out five years from now, what are your thoughts about where the sharing economy is going, what it'll look like, and how do you think Rent the Runway will play into that? Well, I'm so proud to have been one of the pioneers of the sharing economy for fashion over the last decade. And I hope that over the next decade, what we do is we just make the sharing economy even more ubiquitous when it comes to fashion, that even more people consider renting clothes, having subscriptions to fashion, buying clothes secondhand. Because it really is the way to achieve kind of the variety that the consumer clearly wants. We go to Shein because we want a new outfit every day. And we want that to be affordable to us. Well, Rent the Runway offers another way to have a new outfit every day and have that be affordable to us. So I hope to make this a more ubiquitous choice for more consumers. And I think you'll see way more diversity in the types of product that you can rent via the sharing economy over the next 10 years. And I think that this will extend, you know, beyond just fashion. Great. Thank you, Jennifer, for joining us today and for sharing your insights. We wish Rent the Runway the best of luck. And we'd also like to thank our listeners for joining us today. Thank you very much.